All right. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. It is Two Pours with Brad and Derek. Yeah, I'm coming in. Hold on. Hold on. Come on in. Coming you, in hot. Yep, coming in hot. Got a hot mic. Get your headset on there, Holmes. Headset on backwards. There you go. Hello, okay. everybody. Hi, Derek. Hi, Brad. Hey. Well, this is number three. Wow, three of these things. We're That's two better than we were one ago. Something two like ago. That. We're two better than we were. We were now one better than we were. There's some sort of math ago. involved and um, that makes my head hurt, but yeah, maybe I should drink bourbon. Well, the good news is we have some today again. Yes, we do. <laughs> so, yeah, so hello, everyone, and welcome to Two Pours. This is uh, Brad and Derek, and this hello, is uh, episode number three. three. Trace. If you're keeping up with the uh, at-home game, that means we've done three episodes. And anyways, quick, we'll kind of get slower uh, as we get into this. Uh, we'll, we'll reduce this introduction down to even less time, um, probably, but kind of starting out real quick. Quick recap for those who haven't listened to everything we started so far, which I don't blame you. And uh, <laughs> yeah, after you listen to the last one, good lord, I'm surprised anybody's listening. Yeah, after the last one, I'm surprised people were like, "I'm not this. This wasn't sanitary." I apologize. Now for that, <laughs> and um, yeah, but hopefully you had a good laugh at our own expense, and uh, you know maybe it got you to share your own stories with somebody else. So anyway, so Brad and Derek, that's our names. <laughs> so I'm Brad Teague. I'm Derek Harris. This is my one of my absolute best buddies in the world, Derek Harris, and neighbor, uh, and my neighbor. So for those who didn't listen to everything before this, perfectly fine. Go back if you want to. If you don't, listen or, to this one specifically and finish don't. it. But most importantly is uh, Derek and I have been buddies for a very long time. We've gone on over a little over 30 years of being friends. Yep. Uh, grew up together in a little small town in Kentucky. And years and years later somehow landed in and around Nashville in the same small community. And then landed a few Lounded. years. Lounded? Are you from the sticks, boy? Is, is that Hick talk? I know. Talking? We landed several years later in uh, a little community outside of Nashville, and we lived um, un- unbelievably a few years after that. Ended up living next door to one another and um, yep. you know side by side. So it's made for fun times th- and, and good. I throw rocks at his house. Good entertainment. That's where those rocks came from. Yeah, you have a big pile of them in your driveway. I do have a giant pile of rocks in my Sorry. driveway from a project that is not yet finished. Apparently, so we are. Uh, yeah, so now we're just living life beside each other and having a good time. And those times often include one of our favorite things: bourbon. Bourbon. So Love the bourbon. We're, uh, you know, a little deferential to the bourbon. Bourbon's we like whiskey. Life. Bourbon is life. I like uh, multiple liquors yep. of different types. There are many that I have found to be delicious, but specifically we have delved into the world of bourbon a few years back, mm-hmm. and yep. we thought, you know, what better way to waste time as, a, as, as someone who's aging and getting to middle-aged life than to just find another hobby. So, so really the hobby was... Um, I guess buying bourbons is what it looks like if you look at our shelves. We've bought a lot of bourbon. <laughs> so uh, after years of saying, of hey, we've been tasting this bourbon and we should have been writing it all down, we thought, what the hell? Why don't we just um, record it? Let's talk use to one these another. new crazy technologies. Yeah, let's just talk to one another and record and what we eat and record drink. Record what we're saying yeah. about the things we're drinking 
and about the things <laughs> we're thinking. So we thought, you know, we like to just sit around and tell stories and have a good time. And a lot of times that, and I'm banging around my mic, so I apologize for anyone who's hearing me do this, but it's a little too high for me. So anyways, we often just sit around and, you know, on our back porches and in our kitchens and we wherever we sit in our houses, shit. shoot our shit and just talk bourbon and talk nothing. And it's fun and silly. And so that's what we're doing today. So that's what we're going to do today for you guys who are listening to episode number three. So episode number three, um, Derek, you want to do the intros? What are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about uh, the wonderful bourbon made from um, by the distillery Maker's Mark. Yeah, so Maker's, Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark. A beautiful little plan, plantation-style uh, setting um, in Star Hill Farms over in... Loretta. Loretta, Kentucky. Kentucky. Right, which is outside of Bardstown, for those yep. who probably heard of Bardstown. Probably heard of Maker's Mark as well, of Maker's course. Mark is a pretty famous bourbon. It's pretty. I mean, it's been around a little while. They, they, they sell a lot of it. They sell a lot of it. So, yeah. The so cool thing about Maker's Mark, the, I guess the trademark, if, if you've ever seen a bottle, is it's it's got the, the wax top, like the... the, the the top is coated in wax, yeah. and uh, it kind of gives us like a little trademark signature look and everything. And uh, we happen to actually, you know, we've talked uh, the, the last two episodes about going on the bourbon bourbon trail, and uh, that was one of the first uh, distillers we we actually visited. And so we got to check it out. We got to do the we actually did a full uh, tour there, and uh, just beautiful, beautiful grounds. Uh, there, do you remember what exactly was going on when we were there? There was some sort of art like display. They had like statues. Like yeah, there was so, glass and yeah, crap there's everywhere. a, and I should have looked it up, but I don't remember what the name guy's name is. But anyways, there's a, there's a, he's a you know, fairly famous artist who does um, large glass sculptures, yeah. and they're they're beautiful. I've seen them actually other places. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And they were doing an art installation at the Maker's Forty, um, sorry, at the Maker's Mark uh, Distillery, and they had pieces all over the grounds, and they were really. So we got unique. to check it out while we were there. Yeah, it was, it was really, cool. really neat, and. Uh, but yeah, beautiful uh, distillery, beautiful grounds. Uh, got a, you know to see some of the history there, and uh, got to sample lots of bourbon, all the different you know ones that they made, or the, the different stages of the you know of their process, and and we got to dip our own bottle. We did do that. Yeah, that was great. And I, uh, so this was kind of carrying into our own story here for Derek and I when we. This was the very first. This was the first stop we did. I think it was. The yeah. Point. So I think we. It was the first tour. It was the first tour we did. We yeah. did. Um, so we drove up. You know, that's the thing. If we and we live in just right outside of Nashville, so the the traffic wise and timing wise, you can leave after work and get up to this region within. You know, by you know after dinner, you go eat a quick dinner and then drive up there. By bedtime, you're in, in this area, so it's only like two and a half, three hours away for us. So we we did it with our wives as a couples weekend, and we went out and mm-hmm. drove up to Kentucky, and yep. um, which was fun. So we left the. Uh, <laughs> I still love. I still remember. So we left the house, <laughs> and we went and dropped off um, Derek and Tara's. Uh, they have a young daughter, and they dropped. We dropped her off at, at grandparents' house, and then we were going to take off and and get on the road and whatever. So when we left our houses. Um, I was driving, and uh, Derek, I think, was right in the passenger seat, and then the girls were in the back. And uh, Derek's mm-hmm. wife, Tara, has has a little kind of you know issue occasionally getting car sick, this kind of stuff. So she asking if she maybe she's in the front seat, and so we have to talk. And I was like, well, yeah, I guess Anita could drive, and you can sit in the front seat. Derek, yeah. not sit in the back. It's yeah. fine. It so, actually worked out well. And so, uh, but so <laughs> one of my, before we switch seats, so I, Derek and I made a strategic stop on the way out of town. So we'll talk about it real quick. But we. Um, uh, one of my favorite stories out of the whole weekend, and still this day is a, a great quote. I think is so fun. We were we were leaving the neighborhood where his uh, the grand the grandparent was. That we were leaving his daughter with, and uh, we 
we were driving past this couple who was walking a bit, you know, a couple of big dogs and we stopped because my wife and I knew them and we started talking. And so we rolled down the window and said, Hey, how's it going? And we we're talking to them just or whatever. And, uh, my wife, you know, was sitting in the back seat, leaning out the window and yelling at, at the couple. And she said, uh, she, <laughs> she said, <laughs> she said, Oh, those are, Oh, your dogs. Those are great dogs. Uh, and, and, and the lady of the couple, she, she said, uh, she said, well, she said, well, he's a big dick. And uh, and my wife goes, well, he's a beautiful dick. <laughs> and so immediately I just, I turn and I said, that is the first time those words have ever left her mouth. And of course she turned beet red in front of this couple that we only really know is like soccer parents. <laughs> and so I kicked off a good weekend. I was like, oh, well, yeah. all right, guys, see you later. And we off to the off to the races so we left and then um, so then we got in the back seat and yeah. we, we opened up a bottle of bourbon and, and drank the <laughs> and whole so way there if, if any uh, officers are listening never have done since uh, and we you know obviously shouldn't have open bottles of liquor in the vehicle and apologies it's only open um, while we were reporting. yeah we only open it briefly, briefly to pour it into small little glasses right. but we'd sit in the back seat and so we were just taking little sips we uh, all the way up sampling a bottle we, I think it was Eagle Rare maybe it we was Eagle up, Rare. and we were sampling bottles sampling you know this bottle all the way to Kentucky so the, but the funny part of that was by the time we got to Kentucky I think we had already had We've been sampling. We, we probably drank half a bottle on the yeah. way up to Kentucky while the girls were driving. So we get to dinner. We have a good time. We're having fun. And then when we walked in to get the hotel <laughs> reservation, I just know that I think I walked in carrying this. The only thing I had to drink out of was a styrofoam cup. And I was walking and carrying a styrofoam <laughs> cup full of <laughs> Eagle Rare tenure. Yep. And I'm talking to the girl at the front desk. And she goes, it smells like whiskey in here. Well, I, <laughs> I was it like, does. well, it's in my cup. So that's why. <laughs> Anyway, all right, so fun enough of that, but it was a fun trip, and that kicked off. So the next morning, we went to Maker's Mark as our first stop. And, uh, yes, so we decided since it was part of our uh, you know, bourbon trail experience, we would you know kind of go through some of the things we've we have some more knowledge of as far as bourbon and you know, history and and you know, all that kind of stuff. And let's just it's a good topic, we, we got to start someplace, we got to yeah. we got to get through the stuff that we've been drinking. So, got a lot of bottles to drink on the shelf, so, so we decided to do, to do that, and uh. So, yeah. so we cracked open. So the funny thing is, I don't really drink a lot of Maker's Mark. Or before the trip, I never drank a lot. No, of me Maker's neither. Mark, ever really, and especially yeah. just the plain Maker's Mark. Right. It just wasn't one of the bourbons that I picked up. It just. Yeah. I'd had Maker's Forty Six a couple. I think I bought a bottle of it a couple times yeah. over the years and had it at the house because I, you know, it looked more premium and and whatever. I heard it was okay, and so I think right. I had a bottle or two over the years. But of course, probably when I had those bottles, honestly. Nine times out of ten, I would almost guarantee I was mixing it with yeah, yeah, yeah. fruit juice I if mean, I drank it on it. To be honest, that's just kind of how I drank most yeah. things for a bunch of years. So if I had it, it probably I ended up mixing it with something anyways. I probably didn't even really taste what it really tasted like. So yeah, but I mean, you know, Plain Makers is a I'm going to say a cheap bourbon, but it's it's you know it's not a very expensive you know highly valued bourbon. I guess today today but ironic forty piece of piece of history there ironic. It was one of the first, it was the very first bourbon that was listed as a premium bourbon. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. And, uh, See, I learned something on this podcast. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It was def. so that was a weird, so when they, and we, I was going to talk about, it, I have some history notes today to kind of talk about. It's kind of fun, but that was one I thought was kind of fun. I was yeah, like, well, it's that's a premium bourbon. It's like. Interesting. And they really sort of the very first bourbon to sort of brand themselves as a premium. Yeah. Um, and there's a there's a whole kind of history and story behind why that happened, but it, it was kind of fun. But anyway, so I didn't like I said again I, I, before the the tour, I nearly never drank a lot of Maker's Mark, but 
you know, we tried some of this, the playmakers there, obviously on, on, you know, we did a tasting during the tour, uh, but we really enjoyed the 46. Maker's yeah. 46 is a, is a really, really good uh, bourbon. And basically what they do for 46 is they take a fully aged uh, Maker's Mark barrel <coughs> and they re-barrel it in uh, a brand new barrel and they put 10 uh, French, <laughs> so, so it's a funny part, they're virgin French oak staves. Right. And so I'm trying to figure out, you know, Trying to find the, the seared on both sides seared by infrared heat, right? Yeah, um, and then they basically they they put the this virgin wood uh, in in the barrel. They, they hang them inside the barrel in the, with the bourbon, and they age it for another nine weeks. Yeah. So and they only do this process in the winter months, right. basically the end. Yeah, because there's a certain temperature. Winter. They they want to they want to age it during a certain season yeah. because if it's too hot, then it you know it takes on different you know flavor yeah. profiles. Well, that and they did from the wood, so they don't right. And do so forty six, we, we figured we found this out too. Is they they were doing a tasting program and they were trying to, they were doing all these experiments and trying to figure out okay well they they were looking for a certain taste. They wanted to to make a premium bourbon. They wanted to do something different with their bourbon, and so they were doing. They had, a, they had there was a company one of their cooperage companies that they used. They were giving them all these different woods, and they were experimenting with different different ones. And the ones they finally figured out that they really liked was the French oak, and it was number forty six. It was batch number forty six. So they said, "Ooh, that's what we're going to call this. We're going to call it forty six. Right. Uh, so those stays are called you know you know forty six, and that's what became the bourbon. So the really cool thing. So so we like forty six. Forty six is great. Um, then now, of course, it's just 10 French oak staves. But um, liquor stores can go up and do, you know, their, their um, a pri- they have a private select program, which, so basically the private select is the store gets to go in and, and pick 10 random staves. They can, they can do a bunch of different combinations. Uh, they don't have to use just the French oak. They have... Well, there are five staves five total staves they can total. pick from. Right, yeah. And so they can do like, you know, two of this one, three of that one and whatever combination and basically kind of make your own mix and make your own flavor profile. Yeah. And it's really so it's really neat. And we saw the rumor they do this when we went through the tour there. Yeah. Backing up just a little bit. The the tour itself is absolutely a gorgeous place. So it's, it's a very large farm. They... Um, they own about 600 acres around Bard, just outside of Bardstown in this in the road of Kentucky. Um, they that there is a 10 um, acre lake that is mm-hmm. they have a dam that provides you know this is kind of one of the key. So kind of talking about Kentucky bourbon in general, and this is kind of one of the key reasons why the water from this area. So you have these limestone aquifers yep. who provide uh, this water that most people say there, there's a different sort of, you know, it goes back to everything. Water is the basis for, you know, how everything is made. So mm-hmm. it, it does sort of impart something to the flavor profile in a little way. So, um, so again, kind of preserving that, that water is a big deal. So for them, they, they have a rather significant amount of land, about 600 acres that wrap um, the, the, the distillery and the water um, sort of the, the lake they have, the 10 acre lake they have there. So most of the land around them is a nature preserve that they've turned into a nature reserve or whatever. So um, it's kind of neat. But anyway, that the setting is gorgeous. So just start yes. there. So when they started the Makers 46 program, and then I guess years later, kind of as part of a design and an idea, so there's a limestone cliff yeah. uh, right beside, like literally beside the property. It's part of the property right there where the distillery is. 
and they just carved off into the side of this mountain, basically. It's like a big cave. It's a giant cave that they built a building into, and then so you literally have natural, you walk inside, and there's natural rock inside where the barrels are sitting. Yeah. And so be- and because they went deep enough in, it's naturally cool. It's like it going so into cool. a cave. I mean, yeah. Because it, it was, you know, pretty, I mean, I wouldn't say hot, but it was, you know, warm when we were there. We were there in the, yeah. It was yeah. fall. It late, was fall. Yeah, fall-ish, but it was It was late summer, warm. early fall. <laughs> yeah. It was warm, but, it was warm, it, but as soon as you walked into that, those caverns, man, it's like, it, Ooh, it was nice. Like you a 30-degree drop in right. temperature. Like, it was wow, gorgeous. It's cold in here. But it's, it's really cool feeling. It's really cool. And uh, then so inside that area, there's there's a place there where they actually do the, the barreling. They, they, mm-hmm. put, they dump the barrels into the, you know, the... They dump the bourbon into the barrels with the staves, yep. but in around when you walk through, and then there's you walk through the area where they have the barrels that are sitting, you know, in the limestone cave, that are finishing their, you know, their final weeks of maturation with the, you know, the, the oaks, the whatever staves that they've been chosen. Nine weeks. The you walk around the corner though, and there's a big glass wall, and then in that room, there's a giant, like beautiful room you're sitting, you can see inside of just a little bit, and that's the private select. Um, preparation, yeah. the tasting. So they bring in when people want to buy a private mm-hmm. select barrel. They come in there they and, come they in there and, they sit, and this is where they do their giant. T- you know, they actually do tastings. They they I walk see. through the process for them. They pick out what types so they want to do, and they get to pick. So it's it's just a really neat. It's a cool idea. Program, but one of the things that really changes and differentiates it from other type of barrel select programs. So most distillers, when they do barrel select programs, you will go and use sample barrels to pick a barrel that you want to use yeah, as w- your barrel. I want you to bottle v- barrel 15 from this rack, and that's what I'm going to sell in my store. Yeah, so this this one, they kind of came up with the Makers 46 program. That was a you know a definitely distinct difference between their sort of barrel select programs and other companies' barrel yeah. select programs. So anyway, so... That's cool. Um, yeah, so yeah, that, that was kind of it, and that was you know, so Makers Forty Six really for Derek and I has been something that we've since that trip for sure have grown to really appreciate and enjoy. Yeah. And you know, one of the things, and real quick, kind of a quick note about all Makers Forty, not just Makers Forty, all Makers Mark, is it's a, a mash bill stemming from seventy percent corn, so it's a really high corn percentage. But then one of the things that really differentiates it, and I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about the history in a minute about this, but we're going to give some notes before we talk about this stuff. But uh, I'll give like the history after we talk about tasting notes because there's some other fun stuff. Let's talk about the bourbon. So, yeah. But 70% corn, it's 16% red winter wheat, which is kind of the key, their own ingredient that they use, and then 14% malted barley. So... Uh, excuse me, I had to sneeze off air. Oh, Jesus. Oh, wow, Jesus. oh God, my precious. So the you know the big the big thing. <laughs> so um, Gollum in here. Then, so the big the big thing that's really on their the mark for them um, the big deal around that is that they've got this winter wheat. And so one of the famous stories about how this all came to be, um, besides some other stuff I can tell you, but sort of famously. Um, Rob Samuels or Bill Samuels Sr. and and uh, Margie Samuels, they went through this process of trying to find a better flavor profile. Yes. So there was a kind of a, a burgeoning after Prohibition came out. Um, you you've got this sort of reestablishment of the whiskey market in America. Lots of whiskey was hitting the shelves. Lots of whiskey was going out across America. It's becoming sort of the the cowboy's drink of choice. And 
at the same time, sort of in more the bourgeoisie scene, you have a lot of uh, you know, Irish and, and Scotch whiskeys that are coming into the U.S. and being, you know, being, you know, traded in that have a more refined sort of flavor. The, they've got a, I mean, to be fair, they're just a more delicate sort of refined flavor. Today's bourbon is not what we're talking about. Like today's bourbon is, like any bourbon today you drink is not really what we're talking about because really the whiskey of that era, because again, come out of prohibition, a lot of distilleries trying to get off the ground. One of the things they're doing is they're running fast and loose, right? Quality's not quite as good as it would be today. And most, most of you think about distillers and they're also trying to put out a rapid uh, push to market. And so because of that, you're not getting long aged uh, whiskeys and you're also not having the same quality and, and formats around it. So, um, so it was real harsh. A lot of people complain and said the bourbon was really harsh. And then yeah. it's a famous quote, sort of like apparently from the Samuels that says Margie made a complaint that, uh, you know, Something like the idea that a uh, shit would knock you off your horse or something. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, something like the idea that the standard whiskeys of the day were just so harsh. And so they really set out to try and see if they could establish a different flavor. And that was a, a big kind of thing for them. And so one of the things they did is um, he was, you know, th this family had been, you know, it's a long time. This is a over a hundred year distilling family that lived in the region and all around, you know, this region. Whiskey making was a big deal. And this family was a long, a long tenured whiskey making family, uh, tied back to you know the late 1700s. And so they knew other families. And so Samuels sat down and met with uh, Pappy Van Winkle himself. Met with you know, Senior Beam. You know, he uh, basically the, the names you know today that are the Bourbon families and the Bourbon histories. Those were actual these, people. These were real people, and all of them knew each other pretty much because it, you know, again, you don't have hundreds of thousands of people like you do today everywhere, and so and it's a small industry. You know, you only had so many distilleries that are actually making it and being successful, and so. Um, these guys all knew each other. So he basically set out to find, and he went to discuss and talk with all these other distillers and master distillers and really figure out, he was trying to differentiate himself. He really wanted to make a different product. And and then he kind of leaned into a few of the others that were trying different stuff. And so a lot of them sent him ingredients and, and talked through it. And uh, one of them actually sent him distillate samples. Here's the crazy thing. Here's the craziest part of all this for me. As I was reading... Most all of them sent him yeast samples. So if you know anything about bourbon today, that's not going to happen. Like yeast is like the trademark secret recipe behind because that's sort of where the flavor comes from for most of the stuff outside of a barrel, obviously. But um, so they would send they actually send him yeast samples. But then the only one who sent him actually distillate for him to taste and try was old Van Winkle himself, which is also a weeded bourbon. Mm. And so kind of out of that, he started, started playing around and really talking with others about the idea of using wheat and a softer wheat as a part of the, the, the malt, you know, yep. I mean, as part of the, um, the mash, the mash yeah. to try and, trying to create a profile that was not quite as harsh as right. it is today. And so historically and famously, one of the things that they did to this, well, he didn't have time to wait years for the bourbon to mature to do this. So um, famous story is that they, he, he and his wife set about baking breads with different grain recipes mm -hmm. so they could then figure out yeah, they quickly what are the flavors and flavor profiles that come out. So they told anyway. us that story uh, during the tour. Yeah, it's really yeah. fun. So, which is neat. And, you know, I, and that was kind of the things is, you know, and you get to drinking a little bit of something here and there, whatever. And I, I really do like getting behind the stories. And to me, the, the long lineage of this stuff is what really is exciting. And, and for Derek and I, you yeah. know, having a history uh, deep into Kentucky roots, it, it's really exciting and fun. So, all right, so that said, let's talk about a pour. So, yeah, so we... So, it's a nice pours. Right off the bat, we're going to do just plain Maker's Mark. Plain Maker's Mark. So, Derek and I, so kind of following what we did last uh, episode, we decided to start out with 
um, some blind, uh, like a blind taste. We each taste it. Sorry, not a blind taste. We both knew what we were drinking. <laughs> right. But I mean a blind Separate note taking. Notes. Right. So we Separate. took notes separately. So we're going to, we wanted to kind of see what each other's thought of the general and basic Maker Smart. You want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. I sure. Go first. All right. So, you know, obviously the first thing you do is you pour it in a glass. So you look at it. And so the color on this thing, it's, it's definitely a lighter a lighter color. It's not the deep, deep, rich amber that some of the other bourbons that we've yeah. come to love. Um, so I wrote down it's you know it's, it's a light bronze. It's like it, it, so you know how like colors you know a lot of times will just you know spark memories in your you yes. Just, you just think of random thoughts, right? I just I thought of copper tone suntan, lotion. <laughs> like that, like the bottle of copper that's tone. That's funny. just what and and so it's. Yeah, that's that's basically my uh, my take on the color. What about what about you? So I said light summer yellow. Um, I said kind of like a summer midday through a wheat field, kind of like a midday oh, sun yeah. coming through a wheat field. I said, or maybe very watery camel piss. Okay. Yes, <laughs> that could be it too. It's definitely you, a brighter. It's a. Br- <laughs> I'm glossing over that comment. It's it's, it's a, a <laughs> just light enough. You may not pass a drug test. True. Anyways, it's a but it's definitely. It, it, it's a very light gold in the glass. Yeah, it's it's not a deep amber rich, you know, yeah. caramelly brown look. And it, it is, it, and you know, it looks thinner. It's light. It, it definitely looks thinner. It doesn't have a lot. This of This is very it. light on it. Very weak. It's not a it's, lot of. It's got really I, I, weak, scrawny legs like a twelve-year-old boy. I want to. <laughs> I hate to say watery because that doesn't necessarily come through. As, yeah, that's not fair. It's not a fair, but it's but it is definitely. It's thinner. Thinner. Yeah, it's got a thinner. Viscosity uh, on the glass, you know, right. definitely you're not seeing a lot of like deep, rich, oily tannins yep. on the glass Absolutely. when you're swirling it around. So, yep. all right, so, so then we kick it in the nose. Yeah, so <laughs> I had a hard time nosing this one for some reason. Yeah, so the cool thing about the nose, I actually got some really cool notes on the nose. Uh, all right, I don't want to hear them. So, the first thing, so maple and brown sugar oatmeal. That is funny. That's what I got. Like, and it's funny because I actually made maple and brown sugar oatmeal for my daughter like two days ago. That's hilarious. And I was like, holy crap, that's maple and brown sugar oatmeal. That's so it. here's the reason why it's hilarious. The very first note I wrote down was toasted morning cereal like oats or grits. <laughs> that's so the very, funny, very first note I got. That's hilarious that to me. That is funny. And then I put very, like almost underscored, very light oak. Yeah, I got a little bit of wood on yeah, there, just, just very, very. A but I, so, I got some fruit too, and I kept struggling with what the fruit exactly was. I, I kept thinking maybe, and, maybe it was like hints of maybe trying to. But I, I kept feeling like I was maybe trying to do it too hard. On mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not catching enough of it to write it down, honestly. So what I got, which was weird, because I, I was trying to figure it out, and it, it, what hit me, I, I want to say raisin. Hmm, it's like okay. a raisin, like a, but not not real strong, not real like, strong at all. And then at, of course, then we I noticed it for so long that at the very end I was getting some of the. It's ethanol. like not eating a raisin, but it's like the hot breath of your grandmother blowing on across you when she goes to give you a hug and she's been eating raisins. Is that what you meant? Well, my grandmother <laughs> my grandmother smoked cigarettes, so I never got so that, smoky that ash raisins. <laughs> <laughs> that was not exactly what it smelled like at all. Hey, but, boy, come here, let me kiss your face, oh, pinch your cheeks. So she coming off third shift and. Yeah, that's great. So anyway, so my my nose notes were <laughs> not a lot different. Um, I did I did sort of write down after writing very light oak. I also just sort of emphasized very light and airy. It, it just yeah. sort of had a very whimsical sort of very light. 
overtone to it the wasn't nose. A very powerful, very, nose very, oil. very almost no ethanol in the nose. Other than I mean, if I shove well, my face straight in the glass, I got it at the very yeah, end, but, but I think I was I was just too close to the glass, and I had been sniffing it for longer than you should nose a bourbon, honestly. Yeah, and I got a little bit of it. And I just kept trying to find more in it than there probably was even there. I mean, because I mean, it's a ninety proof. It's a ninety proof, and, so and I think that's part of it. And I do think that overall. At least from the nosing perspective, and we can go. We'll still from jumping to taste, but I, I, I don't want to be kind of too harsh and critical of it because I, you know, I. Anyway, I don't care. Whatever, it doesn't matter. I, I think it's kind of one dimensional from from like the f- the nosing portion of it. We can talk about flavor. I, I'm probably not going to go for too far away from that from that perspective either. Yeah. But um, I'm curious what your what your tasting profile was. So yeah, so when I when I tasted it, I, I thought it was very sweet. I could definitely taste the corn in it. Yeah. Um, I got caramel, uh, but just a little bit, just not, not a lot. And then it kind of morphed into like almost like a cinnamony, like a cinnamon spice hmm. almost. That's what I got. Um, I got a lot of spice on the on the, the, the front, tip. The, yeah, the, the very front tip front end of it for me was a lot of spice. Um, and then I wrote down, and it's funny, I wrote down um, – Buttery corn is my number two. Yeah. Um, and just kind of this. I could definitely taste the corn. It was. I mean, not buttery as in like the mouthfeel. It, no, no, It's no. a very, very light mouthfeel. It doesn't have a lot going on for me personally. No, the the mouthfeel for me was very, I, I, I even wrote, I said thin. Yeah. I said it was smooth. It wasn't, you know. Now it is a smooth. It's a smooth burp. Of course, that's a low proof. Right. But it is smooth. And then again, I think if I was, I'm, I'm really chewing on it, trying to get flavors out of it. And I yep. think because of that, I'm getting a lot of the. You know, you're getting a lot of alcohol up in my gums, and because mm-hmm. of that, by the second or third sip, I'm starting to feel a lot more heat than yep. really I probably would normally. If I was just sitting sipping on this, I probably wouldn't catch much heat in this at all. Like there's, no, it's, no, no. it's it's now there's a note of spice I catch on the front, and I catch it long in the finish. I catch a little bit of spice late and late in the finish, um, but I'll kind of walk through. I'll walk through my taste notes. Yep. So, so I, I started out with a hint of spice on the very front. Um, and I said sort of this sort of buttery corn almost kind of, I can really taste the corn coming out in yep. it. Um, and then I, and then it's for me, it sort of transitioned into what I, I call it bakery store in the morning. And I think that's really where I'm catching a lot of those notes of bread and spices and just sort of a general, but, yeah. it, but it wasn't every, like I said, it, this is why I said it's kind of one dimensional for me all the way through from the nose to the end is that there's no just like punch out notes for me. It's right. like, there's no real complexity. I mean, it's, it's a pretty simple flavor profile yeah. for me, but I mean, it's, it's not unpleasant at all. I mean, no, I mean, it's, I, and, it's I, a, and I, and I wrote a, down some warm lingering notes as my thing on the end there. And I said it, um, I said, or maybe like licking a dirty leather boot. I don't know. Cause it like, there was a portion of it in there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not getting sponsored by Maker's Mark. It's like, well, let's talk about Maker's 46, guys. Yeah, <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. Hey. We have another bourbon we're going to talk about. Stop. Uh, so, so I, I, and you know, joking aside, I was really just trying to capture the idea that there's a little something going on there that's a flavor that I couldn't really nail down. And then I kind of finished it out with, um, after I let it sit and really soak in my gums for a while, I did catch a little heavier alcohol finish, kind of an ethanol kind of roll off on the very tip. And I said, and I wrote my very last note was sawdust in the workshop. Like I, I catch it cause I catch this little tiny note of wood, but not enough. It's almost kind of like the air in yeah. the dust, the workshop as I was walking I, through kind of thing. Not enough to like I was eating it or tasting it. Just yeah, I got a little bit of oak it. on there too. That's what I wrote down. Just a little bit of oak. Yeah. So that's really it. So my, that that's my maker's mark. Mm. Um, the finish so, for me. So the actual finish Again, it's just—I think it's the corn in it. It's such such a high corn. It does have it's a just, sweet. It's a sweet finish. Yeah, it left, it left my teeth it, tasting very like sweetie. After so, but after like it completely almost vanished, and you're left with that just little bit of aftertaste. Right. I, th- I got like fig. 
Hmm, okay. It's like a, yeah. I don't know. It's like a little fruity kind of like, like like if you ate, you know, like a fig Newton after the aftertaste of a fig Newton. That's yeah. kind of what I had okay. on on the, right. the finish. That's there, also a bakery product. So. Yeah. So I mean, it's, we have very very similar <laughs> notes on this, which is kind of funny. Yeah, and I don't. It's funny to me. It's always funny when I pull out something, and it was. I mean, the. It, when you said oatmeal, it made me laugh because that was like the toasted <laughs> oat was what I caught. Yep. Almost like toasted oatmeal was what I caught in the very, very front side of the nose. And yeah. I caught it also in the first part of the flavor profile yeah. tasting. So but. all in all, uh, I'm giving it a five for me. It's, mm. it's a bourbon I would drink. Yeah. Um, it depends where I put a five. Really, I don't have a scale perfectly. I may, I may even go a little lower than a five. I, I mean, it's it's uh, one of those bourbons where I'm like, hey, if somebody's got it at a party, I wouldn't go like, oh, I will not drink that trash. Right. But it. There's nothing it's spectacular not, or overwhelmingly stand out for me in it's it. Not, it's not hot dog water by any chance. <laughs> it's not hot dog but water. But it's not something I would just pick up, you know, off the show. No. Now, it, I will give it, you know, props for, you know, if, one of the other, the other cool things about Maker's Mark is, you know, we are from Kentucky and, you know, we're not going to get into a, a lot of sports, but we happen to be, you know, basketball fans. And, <laughs> and Maker's Mark always comes out with a commemorative UK uh, you know, bottle, and sure. they've got a lot of a lot of cool things. So I mean, you know, in, 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 like holding it in a certain regard because of that. I mean, like okay, that's cool. I give them props for that. But as far as the bourbon itself, it's just it's just meh. Yeah, for meh. me, it's just kind of a meh. And I meh. and I think there's just so much stuff out there now today to compete with. That, um, that's and, a good point. and I think it's a tough. I think that's a tough game. Um, I will say this though, they in uh, it's, it's so they don't do age statements. They don't. You know, age them for a certain amount of time. That's a good they, point. We didn't talk they, about that. They mm-hmm. age the barrels. They they bottle by taste. Yeah, they age they, to taste. They age to taste, and so. But a couple what, of things they do that are neat, though. But what what, what I was, my point was is, is you're going to get a very consistent product with this. That is one this of their bottle of Maker's Mark will taste almost exactly the same as a, any bottle that you go yeah. anywhere to get, which right. is good and There's bad. Something to be said it's, for that. Yeah. It's good for consistency purposes. If you're trying, you know, if you're trying to sell a product, you know, if yeah. people like it, they're going to be able to get it. You know, right. whereas if you have, you know, we've had bottles before that from, you know, other distillers that, you know, this was really good. The next one, not as much. The, yeah, we have a specific example that one tasted really metallic-y the second I know. we had it. Which, yeah, it's weird. So it's weird. I mean, so you do get variations, obviously, because of the way, you know, bourbon is made with the, but, but they try to become, you know, they try to, to put out a very, you know, consistent product. And so I give them props for that. I mean, it's a good business strategy. Yeah. Um, but they do say, so they do say, though, that. One of the neat things that they do as part of that process of trying to make sure bourbons are consistent and the flavor profiles are consistent is that they always start on the high um, shelves of the rickhouse Mm -hmm. and they rotate at three years mandatory. So they always will rotate barrels starting at three years down to move them out of the top, the top, you know, the hot areas of the the rickhouse. So that's kind of one of their trademark things it's literally one of the trademark things of how they can maintain consistency across yeah. their barrels and they say that most of their barrels um so in general most barrels at a minimum of like four years really and they said honestly a lot of the flavors so like a, if you were to mix the the barrels that they're picking they said that it frequently comes out to about a six-year bourbon so just yeah. i mean so that, that means you know that that's a good mid-range age bourbon and sudden yeah. certainly uh, one that is has has a good and rich place in the history of Kentucky that I you know I appreciate and I really like. But, oh yeah, um, I like what they do. And I, so now that said, the one the one barrel the one bottle I didn't pick up that I'm still kind of wish I had of, but um, it's really just because I I don't 
love the standard Maker's Mark enough to really do it, but I need to try it somewhere first, is Maker's at cast, cast Strength. strength. Yeah. I've repeatedly heard people say that they like the cast Strength offerings so much more than regular Maker's. Yeah. And so, I mean, I need to give it a shot, and I just haven't for whatever reason. You know, the, the more that we've gotten into bourbon, and, you know, when we first started drinking bourbon, you know, obviously the higher proofs, were just really hot for us. They're we, hot. We, we, yeah, you have to develop. You have to develop your palate to, to be, be, be you know be appreciative of those higher proofs. But Learn to sip, not swig. Right, but but that said, <laughs> as you as you right as you develop your palate and you start to to appreciate those higher proofs because there's more complexity. There's more. It's just it's usually better bourbon. You get more yeah. stuff out of it, and so. I bet that that's one of the reasons I think the cash drink is probably yeah, better so because it is at a higher proof and it's got got more. Well, it's not. It. I mean, to be fair, um, they take that same bourbon and they water it down. Yeah. I mean, that's how they, that's how they make a lower proof bourbon. Well, yeah, it's not yeah, like yeah. it's. It's not like it's. Well, it's not like, it's, not like a different know, from. A, you yeah, know, no, it comes from the same barrel, so they just take it and they water it down, and that's how they get a you know a lower proof bourbon. So. Yeah. Um, you know, but we'll try one like day. anything else in life. When you water it down, you get a little less flavor. Mm-hmm. So that's something to be said for. But yeah, we'll have to get a bottle and we'll have to try it. Maybe yeah. we can try it on air. We certainly could if we get a bottle. All right, so that was Maker's Mark uh, standard. So, yeah. um, so one a cool little bit, another bit of the history that I kind of dug into, and I look into this. So, um, so Mrs. Samuels from Margie Samuels, Samuels, who is sort of historically known as almost kind of like she, she was inducted in the Bourbon Hall of or Whiskey or Bourbon Hall of Fame in Kentucky, and um, one of the neat sort of parts of the story that is Maker's Mark kind of ties back to her. So the trying to think how to phrase this. So the story of Maker's Mark goes back a long time ago. And it is the very first um bourbon and maybe no the very first distillery to not be named after a person. And um hmm. So yeah. in, in the U.S., I guess. I don't know if that's true internationally, but at least for whiskey distilleries in, in the U.S., it was the very first one not named after a person. Well, so the reason for all of that is they had another distillery. Like, we say, well, how could that be, you know, like all these things? Well, it wasn't originally called Maker's Mark. The, the distillery wasn't Maker's Mark, and it was um, – it, the distillery was – it started by the family in the you know late 1700s. They distilled for a while, and then they did. They were not one of the. So they they did not distill during Prohibition. Um, that it went off, and then it came back after Prohibition. And so T. W. Samuels, which is several years and lineage back, um, there's like five or six or seven people in lineage starting with um, the, the first Samuel that Samuels that came over from. So they're actually Scotch Irish, is how they they came over. Um, they they live just outside of Edinburgh, and so Edinburgh, Edinburgh. So they came over, and um, which I've been to, by the way. This yeah, is, so it's pretty awesome. So yeah. So anyways, the 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 story goes that they sold they, they someone down back up the line. They sold the distillery. So they sold the distillery and the name as part of that distillery. So they lost the trademark to their own name. They lost the rights to their own name for the distillery. So that's funny. When they restarted the distillery, they had to pick a different name. <laughs> yeah, they decided to get you know when when Captain Samuels he came back um you know from from he was in the militia and he came back from the war and he wanted to. He wanted. He, he was thought he was going to be a farmer. He so the, his his brothers actually um, position. I'm going to say, make sure I don't, I'm going to look my notes. So I don't say the wrong thing here. His his brothers actually got together, and they're the ones who, in his stead, or instead of him. So they, under the 1775 Virginia Corn and Cabbage Patch Act, 
Cabbage Patch? Yeah, I know. Isn't that funny? So they claimed 60 uh, acres of land in Kentucky outside of Bardstown for the brother. And so when um, Robert Samuels Jr. is uh, came back from the war, and so he came back previously, he kind of he left in uh, 1784 to go back. So he came back to his family property, his his property now, and he was going to. The idea was raise a family and be a farmer, and he didn't. Yeah. It didn't stick. So uh, he uh, so he decided to go back into whiskey making. So when they did that, he and his wife who he wanted to make fire water. Yeah. So super exciting I mean kind of a neat story is that his wife was also from a whiskey family so she was tied in with another like her her parents like owned um, a distillery as well and so she was a chemist um, by by degree from University of Louisville huh and um, yeah so they get married them chemistries I guess so and she was a very very intelligent lady as well and kind of a very strong headed if you listen to the family can talk about it and a lot of sort of she she really is responsible for pretty much launching what became Maker's Mark uh, truthfully from a perspective of marketing and advertising um, she was really interested in cognac and, and like the bottles that cognac came in and she liked the wax dipping that sometimes was done on cognac and so she really was the one like her um, she was the very first bottle ever dipped was done in her kitchen in her fryer uh, they <laughs> melted a bunch of wax, and she dipped a bottle, and that was the very first bottle that was ever dipped. And so, the <clears throat> so she also really liked to collect um, pewter and silver and, and, and different goods. And so, one so the actual term "maker's mark" is mm, is yep. a mark that is done by a silversmith. Yep. And so that's where she got the name "maker's mark." So she brought that name in, and she decided, you know, they decided and talked about it, and that. That's where the name Maker's Mark came from, that they named their distillery after. So she, it was from the term maker, yeah. a Maker's Mark is maker's what, mark. you know, they would put a stamp on their on their work when they mm-hmm. get done. And that carries forth into the label you see today, which she also designed. Yep. And she designed mm-hmm. the classic square bottle that we see today even still. And the same printing press um, that they started with is uh, still running. They, yeah. they still print those labels on yeah, it. Yeah, we saw and those. That, that we saw that. hand-torn cool. look and that printing mm-hmm. press. And so they got a long history of, of, of doing this, and it's kind of neat. And her sort of the stamp of her ideas sort of carries through all that is Maker's Mark even today. So it's kind of neat. Kind of a, I mean, so there's a women of history sort of moment there. It's kind of really cool. So I thought it was neat. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so all right. So Good stuff. So yeah, so the other thing, so again, if we're sitting and talking, and we're sitting and talking on podcast here on the is. On pod. If we're, we're talking on the pod, we're on pod. We're on. Um, so if this goes out over the air, is this an AirPod cast? Oh god! Oh my god! I don't know. Nope. Is that how that works? All right. So Derek these, and I these tonight. Are, these <clears throat> earphones are way bigger than AirPods. They are way bigger <laughs> than AirPods. Um, all right. So the next thing we're gonna do tonight is. Uh, so if you remember back, you know, at the very beginning, this is called two pours. Two pours. <laughs> so that could be me and Derek both have a pour. We both have. So we, one of us has two pours. So we, have two pours. we happen to have another pour. So we have another here. pour. All right. So first pour we did off the air, and we did it to the tune of uh, tasting notes privately, so we could kind of talk about them. This one we're going to go back to kind of what we did the first time. We kind of thought it was kind of fun. Is we're going to try out that Maker's Forty Six we were talking about, and okay. we're going to drink it um, on air. We're going to drink it now. And we're going to talk about it and just start it out right now. So I've got it right here. Yeah. I've got mine. So you should have been nosing. I jumped away from my mic for You should have been nosing while I was telling that story, so you could have been ready how, to go. How do you know I wasn't? Mm, man. Well, God, it's so much. So starting out right out of the gate, while you're nosing, I'm going to talk about the color. So right out of the gate, mm. um, this is a different product. 
And I think that's why that's I've always been interested in it uh, over the other ones. When you just look at it in the glass, it definitely it's has got a that deep, rich amber. Richie, Super richy, rich, rich kind of rich. silver um, spoons is not silver yeah amber. silver spoons no it's, like, it's got a super rich caramelly brown kind of nice amber color to yeah, it just really great it's I mean it really does kind of look like you could leave a you could leave a mosquito in it and resurrect dinosaurs yes um, it's gorgeous so and it's definitely yeah. thicker it's got better legs. Yeah, it is definitely thicker. It is not. It's still not super super thick, viscous at all, but it's but still it is thicker. It, it, it has a, it has more going on, and it obviously feels like it's got more meat to it. Yeah, I think it's got a little. It more could be going that on. I have more in my glass than I had. On the I don't think so. I mean, it's definitely got more going on in the. You know, I can see more oils on the glass. Mm-hmm. It's got a little more hanging out. Yep. The legs are fast though; they're not like hanging on. They they're they're they're, yeah. they're moving pretty fast down there. So, but it's got a really good color. Um, but great color. Nose and uh, yeah. Oh wow! You, and you can definitely tell it's higher proof because I'm I'm getting this right off the bat some ethanol there. Yeah. Just, uh, but then it's got. Ooh, so I, I I mean I catch like you're getting vanilla on mine. I get like vanilla and I get yeah. some like candy. I get a little bit of kind of a some candy fruit. Too. Like a, yeah, I'm getting like a candied fruit, like a candied pear or something right out of the gator. Almost, I, I'm getting maybe apple on mine, a little sweet apple. Yeah, pear, pear maybe a little too strong. Hmm. But definitely some fruit on there. But definitely vanilla and fruit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm getting. It's got a definitely a like when you bring it away from the nose, I'm left with like a little lingering sweetness. And it's, it's got a really sweet nose on. It's it. really sweet. Yeah, like a. It's very pleasant. Actually, I could sit here and just sniff this. I know. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's a much different. I'm not. I don't catch much ethanol or anything in it. Uh, even and so that it it is 94 proof. So it's a little a little higher than the Maker's Mark regular. Still not crazy high. No, 94 is. A decent proof. I mean, it's Which I, I think, in general, both of their bourbons are kind of targeted at the market where they can be regular sippers. They're not yeah, they designed want, to blow you out of the water. They want a smooth. They do have bourbon. some higher proof varieties. Obviously, they have the Maker's Cast strength, which again, I want to try. You the can private select usually comes in at a, yeah. over hundred. So the private select we were talking about earlier, where you get to pick your staves, and so if you get one of those in the barrel select program, their private select program, then those are usually over. Some, Mine's one hundred eight point one. Yeah, I've had one as high as one hundred ten, and. Um, just kind of like this one, um, they're also a whole different beast. Um, All right, well, I'm, going, I'm going All in right. for a taste. I can't. Right. I can't hold this any longer and look at it and smell it and not drink it. So. <clears throat> so All right. So also so here we go, guys. Well, while he's taking a taste, so he can tell you something. I'm going to kind of kick into a story a little bit here. Um, so today is March 15th, uh, 2020. So um, I, I don't know. You know, whenever you're listening to this, but it's kind of a historical marker of of the time is. Uh, oh, that's there is, there's a lot of madness in the world right now. It's going crazy. So we are being um, sequestered in, in most more many parts of the world. <laughs> Self-imposed exile, as you so so be it, is a uh, it's a good time to be have a, have a few drinks. So I'm glad we have a good uh, stock of bourbon. I know I'm glad we got a stock of bourbon. So I, we, like many people of the world, you know, are trying to figure out how to work from home or keep you know our, our kids are out of school this next week, um, and that may just be the first week of many. As uh, those who are listening at some time recent, you know, then the, obviously this is sort of the the first and breaking burgeoning weeks. Not the first week, but sort of the burgeoning. I think, and when the, I think when the numbers come out tomorrow, it's going to be a little frightening. Honestly, I think it's going to be the first burgeoning week of the uh, the coronavirus, the COVID nineteen um, virus that's kind of ravaging the planet right now. So as the U.S. is preparing for what can come and what will likely honestly probably grow a lot worse before it gets better um scary right it's just very scary so all right derek so you're taking a note what's going on over there so 
first of all, the mouthfeel is really buttery. Mm, it's got it. it's got a nice buttery mouthfeel. I'm definitely getting a little bit of spice, but not more. Almost like the baking spices, like the bakery type spices in there. But I'm getting some caramel too. Very caramelly. It's very good. It's a yummy, yummy sipper. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I like this a lot. This is so much better to me than than regular makers. Yeah, I'm getting some wood too. Like I, I, I can definitely taste the oak in it. Absolutely, and, I mean, and that, that's that's something that a that, lot of people call out too. Oh, but okay. I think that's the finishing well, stage. It's because kind of, of the whole process of making this, right? They they have those ten staves that are soaking in there for you know for nine more weeks, yeah. and it's definitely got an oak, mm-hmm. an oaky flavor. But it, but you can definitely, I mean, obviously it's still you know the seventy percent corn, so it's still got those sweet notes. Yeah. And but it's, I think the combination is really really good. Yeah, and I get a, so it's I get subtle. a lot of right out of the gate. I get a lot of more sweetness, like you said. I yeah. get. So my first note for it is really almost, um, almost kind of like if I had baked a fruity bread. I don't mm. know what kind of fruit bread, but like if I were to make a bread with you know cranberries and apricots yeah. and, and sort of um, yeah. raisins, and then baked mm-hmm. a loaf of bread like that, I get this sort of like really almost fruit forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I get a lot of baking sort of spicy bread, almost kind of like if I had yep. like nutmeg and cinnamon, and uh-huh. almost like a like a pound cakey bread kind of thing on the gate, and then transitions really fast into I catch I catch that oak right in the yeah, nose absolutely like it, it like punches, punches me right you. yeah right at the end of my first sort of note it goes like zoop straight into oak yeah it's good yeah it's 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 pleasant I mean and it's funny when you, when you think about oh we're talking about it tastes like oak does it taste like a tree <laughs> I mean thinking about how that sounds it, it wouldn't necessarily say oh that that sounds like it tastes great but it really does like it's um it's very pleasant. Yeah, it's it's very soft. Like I think, yeah. So it's not a harsh wood flavor. It's 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 very soft on the palate. And I get a much. I mean, I definitely get a smooth and then kind of the finish is, is very. My second sip there like, is um, smooth. Yeah, smooth. A little more going on in the mouthfeel. Um, a little creamier. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little yeah, creamier. A little kind buttery, of. <clears throat> Yeah. And and it's funny after like second sip, kind of as it sits and floats off for me, I get like a toasted. I still get a, a, kind of almost the same thing. I get a little bit of a toasted cereal, kind of almost mm-hmm. kind of like a toasted breakfast cereal. If I were to take like a like some dry breakfast cereal without milk on it, you know, some I don't know what, yeah. but like a like a corn based, wheat based uh, cereal, and kind of just crumbled it all up and, and ate it without any milk. Kind of have that sort of lingering notes going on as I finish out, which mm. you know, it's a uh, very pleasant. I, mm-hmm. I I like it. It's it's a good bourbon. Yeah, it's definitely very. I mean, if I ju- if I just take a quick sip and just drink it. And don't concentrate on trying to identify flavors and how it feels and everything. It's just, it's just good. Like it's something I can just drink. Like this is a very smooth drinking bourbon, and it has that quintessential bourbon flavor. Like it's, I, you can tell it's yeah. bourbon as soon as you put it in your mouth. I mean, is it's, it bourbon? This is a good question. It just, it just dawned on me. I don't know that if the Makers Forty Six um, act like the program. I don't know if that discontinues it. It doesn't have any additives. It doesn't have any additives. I have to go look. I mean, I'm assuming it's still bourbon. I think it's still bourbon, man. Because it has extra wood added to it, but it's aged the right age time. Um, it's got, I'm trying to read, trying to think through my head. We talked about it, you know, we talked about it earlier, what makes bourbon bourbon. And I, I like don't the wood for a double oak. It's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's double oak. It's yeah. double oak. <clears throat> but it's just, this is basically. It's rebarreled. 
Because yeah. and I mean, again, initially it is barreled in a brand new charred number yeah. three oak barrel. So I mean, it, it's the same thing. Um, it has a minimum age statement over the over the over the I minimum. I think it is and, considered a bourbon. So I think it's considered a bourbon. It's good. I don't know. It's good. It definitely is a one that is a. It kind of honestly, like I'm trying to think of evoking memories here and thoughts. And to me, it really like almost kind of. It really feels like like sitting around. Um, Sitting around with family after Christmas uh, yeah. dinner and kind of having a kind of having just a good sit around, sit and chat, talk, and you got a fire burning in the fireplace. It really yeah. just kind of has that feel for me. Yeah. It just it's got a good smooth. It's very easy to drink, and I, I could you know certainly sip it and don't feel like I'm getting knocked down. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that I'll taste. Well, got one I'll taste. I really like the taste of it, but I feel like I have to be. I have to like. You have to drink it slowly. Drink it really slow and have to knock your ass. You know, yeah, you just be very careful. <laughs> <laughs> not my ass. So. I'm on my second pour, and I'm yeah. feeling a little crazy. But no, this is really good, man. Mm. 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 All right, well, that's pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a bourbon show. We're it's drinking a bourbon. bourbon. Show. We're drinking bourbon. Don't mind us. So, yeah, don't drinking. mind us over here. I'm hoping this is fun to listen to. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> right. Um, those they, guys, had five, they had five minutes of those silence. assholes just sat there all and I heard drank was, for five minutes. All I heard was, mm, uh, <laughs> what the hell are they doing in there, man? Yeah. This is a family show. Wait. No, it's not, not a family show. But <laughs> so I uh, just kind of intersperse here. Another quick note of, of history is that, or at least from a design perspective, so the star you see on the the the, the mark, right? Yes, so the, the maker's mark, mark. The mark the that's on it. Mark that the star the is is from the Star Hill Farms, which was their their standard farm, though. So, um, so fun stuff. So Derek and I. Oh, so go yeah, ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was going to say. So you know, while we were there, I don't know if, if you've if you're listening to this this podcast. You know a little bit about bourbon. So, you know, the Maker's Mark Ambassador Program is not something probably new to you. You've probably heard of that, right? <laughs> so when you go there, you can sign up to be an ambassador. And the really cool thing about this is that they basically, they put your name on a plaque. And they you basically, your name is on a barrel. The plaque goes on a barrel. that you They bar- they bottle the barrel. Crap. I'm, I've, see, I've had this. Too, I've had too much drink. How much bourbon is that? There, I Jesus. know, jeez, what the hell, man? <laughs> so anyway, so they 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 basically make a barrel of bourbon and they age it and they put your a plaque with your name on it and it's your barrel and so mm-hmm. your your name is on that barrel for six to seven years or however long it takes for them to actually right. you know again they pull it they by pull it based taste, on the taste so, so it can be it, it gives you a range of okay the, yeah they give you an idea but most of them around to be five to seven years they say but it's a you know it's a promo, p- promotional thing where they you know you get emails you don't get to taste it nothing to make it put the barrel in no you don't actually they get to put go your out damn there. name on a barrel right but the cool thing is like wh- whenever they bottle. The bear, the, the 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 whiskey, the bourbon. You can go and and buy a bottle from, of, from your barrel. barrel. Yeah, they'll let you know. So the cool thing is, they they take a picture. They send you a certificate. You, you're you're an official Maker's Mark ambassador. You you get a certificate with your name on it. You're in in a picture of the plaque and all this cool shit. And they also send you gifts throughout the they year. They send too. you gifts throughout the year. Like I, I they got send socks, us some nice socks, they little bourbon bottles on them. Bourbon bourbon bottles. Yeah, bottles. It's great. My oh, funny story. My son wore them to school. Not he found <laughs> them in the laundry and he wore them to school, not knowing what they were. He was like, "Oh, he's like, I thought they were mine." I was like, "Well, when did we buy them for you?" And he's like, "I don't know. I just thought they were mine." I was like, "Because he's got a couple of pair of like colorful silly socks and whatever." So, um, so we came to school. And I saw. I was like, "You're wearing my socks. Those are my bourbon socks." He goes, "What?" 
I go, yeah, yeah those are Maker's Mark bottles. And he goes, oh. <laughs> well, I was showing my teachers all day how my cool new lollipop socks. <laughs> lollipop socks. Because they had like suckers on it. Really, you know, because they got like the little bourbon whiskey. They've got, you know, the, the wax top bourbon bottles on I was pretty funny. So yeah, so my my bourbon date, the the barrel's birthday is January first, two thousand eight. Yeah, we're a little over two years in. I know we're two. It means it's been two over years two years in. since we went to. So our anyway, trip. so the funny story is, so so Brad and I, we you know we go on this bourbon trail tour, and we we're all excited about Maker's Mark because we you know, got to see the beautiful grounds. We got to dip our own bottle. We and it was great. It was, it was fun, fun times, man. It was awesome. So we both signed up to become ambassadors. I'm I'm like patiently waiting, you know, for the mail to come in to get my certificate. I just can't wait. This is gonna be awesome. So they send you this packet, and it's got all this, this crap in there, and you're like, you pull it out, like, oh, yeah, I'm an ambassador. It's got my name on it. And then I pull my certificate out. First off, so my certificate looked great. Yeah. Had my name on it. Brad Teague right there. It looks good. Yeah, that's great. Like, oh, that's going to be really cool. Now, we didn't get lucky enough to get on the same barrel. That would have made it. That would have been even better. The best ever. Because basically, because I mean, they it's had, just on time. Whenever yeah, you get they, submitted, they, a lot of people you know sign up to be ambassadors, and they they you know you get twenty people together, and they they group those people together, and they and they because yeah. I mean they're you know bottling every day, barreling right, so. every day. So you know, as they get enough people to put on a barrel, they they. Put those put that group of people together and they put them. And on Derek the was good and did it in the, like the gift store, or whatever at the computer yeah. there. And I waited. Brad was and did pro- a car I was procrastinating. I was, I was so that's walking why we, around shopping. Or right, that's why we weren't on the same barrel. However, so we both get we both get the certificates like the same day. Yeah, right around the same time. Yeah, the same day, week yeah. or whatever. And we're like, yes, ours came in. So Brad's came and came in. And he looked at it. It was great and everything. So mine came in and I looked at it and I was like, um, what the hell? <laughs> so look now, listen. So my name's Derek. And there's different there's different spellings of Derek, and I understand that, and I I'm used to people misspelling my name. That's that's fine. However, I did fill out the form with my name spelled correctly on it. Yeah, you famously have a misspelling in your history too. Oh, I do. Uh, <laughs> I'll get it. So let me let me go ahead and tell that story. So because that will make this story even funnier. Yeah, it does. So for in me. high school, it did for me at least. Yeah. So in high school, you know, you get yearbooks. My junior year in high school. Um, so on, on the yearbook, you know, you could you could have your name printed on the front, on the cover. And so I always opted to have my name put on my yearbook because, you know, why not? You're in high school. That's, that's, yeah. that's something fun to do. It's a, and it's the yearbook committee is usually made out of very, you know, highly diligent, orderly. Wait, it's usually like one person who cares about something related right. to print media and then it's five popular girls. It, that's exactly Yeah, that's right. what happens, yeah. So anyway, so... You know, you have to back in the '90s when we were in high school, we had to actually write down your name to to be put on, you know, on your yearbook. So I I printed my name in semi legible handwriting. It wasn't crazy because so my 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 name is spelled D E R R I C K. So I wrote D E R R I C K. However, the D had a little tail on the end of it, just just a tiny tail. Not a not a big tail. <laughs> However, somebody in their great wisdom said, "Oh, that's not a D. That has to be a P because it has a tail yeah. on it." So on my junior yearbook, it says Perrick. I'm Perrick Harris, which also cracks me up because again, the people who were identical on the, twins I, right. in our high school—it's not like we weren't ones like, in the band and and I, like is and played, the solo trumpetist. Right. I played and then football. The other people, one is in football. Who is on the football team? Plays every. You would think people knew anyone us. working. We, we were known. not. We were not unpopular people. Yeah, like, well, well, let's not get into that. Well, so, I mean, the point being, you were known. We were is, known. And, you know, you're only one of two sets of different right. twins in the school, so, so you were definitely known. To people so they knew, knew Derek and Eric. So obviously, when they saw the damn name, 
Why would you put Peric? Yeah. So my name. So I, so I was slightly traumatized because. So Prince in your high school yearbook. I, I still have to this is day. Peric my parents and my cousin thought it was the funniest thing in the entire. I world. think it's pretty funny. And he's, too. But he, the, well, yeah, but you don't still call me to this day, Peric. No, I don't. Every time I see him, he's like, "Hey, Peric." I'm like, oh "Shut the hell up." So anyway, so I have this this slight trauma in my in my life, my life about you know misspelled names. <laughs> so I get so I get my certificate from Maker's Mark. And let me tell you, I don't know if somebody was just an idiot or they were having a fucking seizure when they were typing this out. Because this is how my name is spelled. D-D-E-R-R-E-R-R-I-C-K. Derek. Derek. That is, I'm looking at a picture right now of the plaque on the barrel with that name on it. Right. That's fantastic. So when I go, when we go to get our bottle in how many years, I'm going to try to buy that. We just need to go another tour and say, can you find me the barrel where it says, I want to see that barrel, please. It's crazy. So it's, they send you a picture of it. It's printed on the barrel head. That's the funniest part on a small plaque. Yes. It's fantastic. I want to have that in my house. It is immortalized. So when you figure out if there's any way to possibly buy oh. the uh, or, or retrieve the plaque that comes on the barrel head, that that's hilarious. It's so funny, man. It's so funny. So <sighs> good stuff. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's I'm, fun. So uh, I'm gonna drink this bourbon. Yeah. So I was trying to think of a really great story for today. Um, something to talk about. We've already talked about shutting our pants. We can't go there again. I know, man. We went we went way off the cliff on the second episode. So. Um, so I will, so in the same, not the same vein, but in, in a similar sort of embarrassment, uh, personal embarrassment, I've got a lot of embarrassing stories, but, um, so I've got, I do have a good one and I don't know if Derek, Derek probably remembers the story. I'm, I'm sure you remember the story. So, um, so Derek and I went to the same middle school, um, a very long time ago in the eighties, right? We were in middle school in the eighties. Yeah, not for very long, though. That's when I moved. I moved there in eighth grade. Yeah, you came there at the end. But this, this school took place right right in the last year of middle school. So it was eighth grade. So this was a fun time. So I was in um, – so somewhere near the end of school, our eighth grade year. So this has always been sort of a traumatizing, crazy story. And um, so I – let's – rolling back just a little bit. So in general, from a very small age, I have – Still to this day, when when I meet people from school and they still cast back and talk about it, is um, I was a little bit of the class clown, kind of going going back as far as you could possibly go. Mm. In elementary school, this started. It really never got better. I had a long history of being a little bit of a distracting force inside of a classroom. Um, I had my own desk off to the side or in the back or the front of the classroom for three of my five pre-K years. And here's the funniest part about that for me as, as a person who has a really high self-esteem and the capacity to just feel confident in all things is I was just really excited I got to my own desk by myself and I was special enough to have one that was away from other people. I, everybody bothered me. Yeah, it was really amazing. Definitely special. Super special. <laughs> <laughs> I was a kid who in one of my grades, um, we had a dress for uh, career day. And so I, I dressed up. Uh, actually, I think I did this more than one time. I think I did middle school as well, potentially. But I know I did it. And so for fifth grade or fourth grade, I, for like what you dress up as something like career day kind of thing, dress up as you're going to be. So I would dress, I dressed up and I made my mom, I wanted a, uh, I wanted a white tuxedo. 
And so <laughs> I, well, she didn't buy me a tuxedo, but she found me well, white. She, you a ton she found me white white pants. No, she found me white pants and a white sport coat. And I wore a white, basically a white suit with a jacket. This was the eighties, uh, with the you know a dress shirt and a white oh. sport blazer and a pair of pants. And I took um, so there was a there were these little cases that Fisher Price used to have toys in, and they looked like they're like a little medical kit. And I had one, and it looked like a tiny little briefcase for a kid. <laughs> and so I took it. And I stuffed it full of Monopoly money and like all of these like food stamp uh, token food things. Stamps. Well, my dad bought it uh, again. My dad bought all kinds of crazy shit. So he had an entire box of these old like food stamp coins from like the seventies and eighties that they would get. A local grocery store would give out, and they just were plastic coins. They looked like little, looked like they, and they had denomination like one cent, two cent, five cent, whatever. So. I had an entire briefcase full of Monopoly money and these little <laughs> plastic money tokens. And so I came to school and I told everybody I was a tycoon. <laughs> and I would pay kids all day long in fake money to do stuff for me. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I was I was definitely a yeah. different kind of kid. So get to middle school. Um, so you're a different kind of adult. Too. Yeah, I'm a different kind of adult too. You're damn right. So I, there's just a whole lineage of embarrassing stories, but I'm going to hone in on one specific one today. So, um, or at least this one specifically, then we'll go to whatever. But somewhere about the eighth grade, um, we had to do this giant presentation. It was an arts and whatever, fine arts program presentation. So all the kids and all the English classes and all the fine arts programs had to take all of our goods that we have done throughout the year, all of our projects, and we were going to present them in the gym. We had a, we had to, parents were going to, it was like one of those things like a parent PTA kind of, not PTA, but like a parent night where they come in and they see what you've done throughout the year. And it was a big deal because it was just kind of a special program that we were, like some of us were in as a, as like an aside to the standard curriculum. So, but there's probably 25 kids maybe in this program total. And so we had to put out, you know, it's like your paintings and whatever writing you've done and whatever kind of art projects and shit you've done. I don't know, whatever. I'm sure it was absolute horseshit, you know, and looking yeah. at what we did. There have been two good, talented artists and the rest of us just, you know, Look bullshit. Stick, it's stick it's kid it's art, right? Yeah. You know, it's not that great. But in the middle of doing all this activity, <clears throat> so this is, again, the late 80s. Um, I'm wearing a um, effectively a parachute track suit. Nice. So I have on like parachute pant kind of pants and I have on like a not members only but but like a parachute kind of jacket mm, over top yeah. of my t-shirt. Very very, yeah, um, very stylish. Okay, so <clears throat> the clothes matter specifically because it kind of plays into what happens next. So as we're all running around setting stuff, I get my stuff set up, I'm get done. Well, I'm just running around goofing off talking to people. And as general, class clown um, I make sure my people laugh. I'm talking to friends. I'm, I'm goofing off. Well, I do this thing. I, I pull, which everybody has probably done it once in their life. I, I pull my arm out of one of my sleeves, and then I stick my arm. You know, and then I then I put it across the other's arm, so that I have my arms in my one arm across both sleeves, and I have my other arm in the middle of my jacket. And like you do this thing where you pump like back and forth and it looks like your chest is popping out and it's just, it just looks stupid and silly and whatever. So I'm running around doing this in the gym. So I've got my arms kind of tra trapped inside my jacket and I'm running around doing this weird arm thing and making people laugh. I think it's really funny. And um, a kid comes up behind me and and shucks me. So those who didn't grow up in this area of the world. <laughs> so this basically just means he pants to me or whatever, missed something that's free return. So he, he grabs pulled, my parachute kind of pants. Pulled your pants down. And he pulled my pants down to my shoes. 
And so my hands are stuck, my arms are completely stuck inside my jacket. As an eighth grade boy, who is, I'm, I am, puberty is so far in the distance for me that it might as well just be a, a fever yeah. dream, right? It, it is, so I'm, oh, oh God, I panic and I fall to the floor and I'm writhing around <laughs> trying to get my arms out of my jacket to pull my pants up. And I'm, so my, I'm sitting there, my tidy whities rolling around on the gym floor and there's just a circle of people just surround me and just stare at me as I flail around helplessly on the center of the gym floor. Pointing all you know, every all these little girls that I've known my entire life that you know were my friends and my, and the, everybody else and the guys who were joking and laughing and pointing at me, so I literally have a circle of kids pointing at me and laughing. When our teacher, this gentle elder teacher, who is my you know he was a really wonderful teacher that I he he really was, um, but he came by and he goes and he just <laughs> points at me too. And he goes, boy, you was underwear showing. Oh, my God. <laughs> he goes, Brad, what you doing, boy? You was underwear showing. Somebody help him. Somebody help him pull his <laughs> pants up right now. <laughs> his underwear showing. Somebody help him. So, mm. um, yeah, so moments of scar. Yeah. Deep, deep within the well that is my heart. And those those begin the the pace and tragedy that became the next several years of my life i guess yeah. i didn't let it stop me though no. i did a i did about a thousand more embarrassing and stupid things from there on um but yeah that, that was certainly one of those moments to look back on and, and that kid's name was derek no <laughs> Ta-da! wouldn't that be hilarious well, that's, that, would be uh, that would be really funny but uh um, i don't think i was there yet it, it was i would remember it, that it was not it was not my friend derek that's sitting across from me it was another guy named derek who i was derek wells it was derek wells <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. I had a plan to get him back um, before we finished eighth grade, but he was already way bigger than he was. I was. And I had to make sure if I did, he wouldn't know. Yeah, he played football. I mean, he was big. <laughs> so, anyway, we, so we for me it was we a, peed in his shampoo bottle. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that's not a good story. No, we probably shouldn't say that. Derek Wells, don't don't listen to this. Mm. <laughs> Derek, you finished your pour. I'm still sleep, sipping on mine. I really always good. finish my pour. I drink faster than you. Well, I'm talking more usually. That's probably. Yeah, that's, I have my priorities my priority straight. Man, this gets it's smelling better it, as it goes. Though. It really does, man. It's really good stuff. So, so we gave, uh, yeah. So regular makers, I was I would give it about a five, four and a half, five. Yeah, I'm I'm in that range. This this I'm gonna probably put up to about a seven. Yeah, I'd, I'd say this is a, and I gotta figure out, I gotta find a right the right scale and figure yeah. exactly where I land on my scale. I think it depends how high I rate other things. True. So. I guess I guess I should re I need to recalibrate my scale properly and then figure it out. So leaving room for bourbons that are really not my sauce. If I'm not allowed to do like percentages, if I have to get like whole number, if I have to do it in integers, then I probably have to leave a little bit of room. So if this is if my if my numbers are integers, then I probably put this at a six so I have room above it. But that means if I did that, that regular makers is probably a four for me. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe three and a half. Yeah. If I can't do that, so maybe four. I'll be, I'll be kind to it because I don't think it's awful. Yes. Also, I got to have room below it because I know we're going to try some shit that's going to be. So, I, I have some stuff in the cabinet that I bought just on a whim that we're going to try just so I can hear. And I'm going to probably do it on a blind taste. We'll try a blind taste night where perfect. Derek Derek perfect. doesn't know what's coming and I'm going to make perfect. him taste it. That's great. It'll be one, it'll be like just don't $150 bottle, another one will be a $15 bottle. Just see if you can figure just it out. Just don't put Lafroy in my glass <laughs> because I'll punch you in the That's face. not bourbon. I, uh, I know, but that'd be We will taste whiskeys though. Yeah. That would be a fun trick. Lafroy, the. Ta da! Yeah. 
Congratulations. You, have you ever, you have you ever have. French kissed a frog smoking a cigarette? <laughs> Hello, now you have. It's Lefroy. <laughs> Eat it in your face hole. Congratulations. Mm. Yummy, yummy. You now have the mouth fungus. <laughs> you have mouth cancer. You have you have <laughs> mouth AIDS. That's great. Oh my god. Uh, I uh So did I tell you so speak so do you, can you tell we have a preference that's not it's not it's, peated whiskey? Ooh, the peat. Me and Pete don't get along. Oh man. We'll we'll try some. I think it will be fun. As we get a few more pours in, we'll probably go 10, 15, 20 pours in. And then I think and it'd be then, a fun night for us to do Peter Whiskeys on the air live. Because damn it, Derek and I will not like them. And I just know it's going to happen. Gonna sound, I know it will happen. It's going to sound, sound bad. It's going to be a train wreck. It's, it's going to be great. It'd be entertainment anyway. Um, but <laughs> back to the, the tuxedo comment. <laughs> that reminded me. So I guess it was about seventh grade, sixth or seventh grade. Eric and I had a birthday, and of course we, you know, my mom, you know my mom, she's a crazy person. She is. So they, we love her uh, dearly, but she's. Oh, I love her to death, but she's, she's not crazy. the same person. Um, For her kids especially. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we had a birthday party, and we had our friends over, and my grandmother, on my dad's side, uh, made Eric and I, this again, this was probably 87, mm-hmm. yeah, I think 87, made us. Michael Jackson gloves. Jesus, <laughs> I almost spit out my bourbon <laughs> son of a bitch. They were they were white <laughs> gloves with fucking with sequins oh, sewed to them. Oh, <laughs> I gotta man. find the picture and show you, man. I don't know what's more embarrassing <laughs> is the idea that um, you guys had those <laughs> or that they were actually a thing in the eighties. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. But 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 they but they weren't store Damn it, bought. Michael Jackson. They weren't store bought like you couldn't go out and get these. These were handmade by oh, an elderly lady. Oh my God. And we wore them around because we didn't know any better. And we thought they were cool. And matter of fact, my brother got. Somebody, I had a jacket with zippers on it. I can't some, say anything. Somebody stole my brother's at school because we took him to school. Because of course, of course you did. Because that's what. But how do you how do you like say? Oh, this is mine. I bought no no no. Dude, you, somebody, were they both the same size? Did she buy one pair and just like one of you got a right hand, one of you got a left? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'll have to show you. The, I'll have to find oh, the picture, man. That, this shit was hilarious. That I so, wish yeah. I had a picture of it. Oh, I'll find one. Oh my God, that, Michael um, Jackson gloves, man. Oh, I can't believe I didn't. T- I've never told you that. So, did you use it for beat it? <laughs> <laughs> I would have, but I had sequins on both sides. So <laughs> Jesus, it's <laughs> very abrasive. These are chafing gloves. <laughs> These are my chafing gloves. <laughs> Sweet God Almighty. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing on the air so much. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, so I turned it inside out. It's it's. <laughs> I like pain over pleasure, bitch. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. Wow. Okay, so, so yeah, um, I had, I had a jacket with zippers, like lots of zippers on it. You know, during the whole Michael like Jackson the thriller thing. zippers. Yeah, it's a shame he assaulted all those kids and oh. raped them or whatever. I don't know. What he did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I don't know where we're going tonight, but I, I <laughs> we should we should we should probably stop there. That's I don't, and it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Well, how are we doing on time, Brad? How are we doing on time? Oh, geez. I don't know. I'm having a good time, though, either way. So I'm not doing my bourbon. I can't finish that shit. You um, should finish that because it's good. I really, you know, I do think that um, there's a special place in hell for people who rape children. <laughs> it's an obvious off the deep end statement. Wow. I really hope, I really wanted to always look at the historical sort of body of work that Michael did and just say it was really good stuff. But I, 
there are things that bring into question later, especially as things have come out. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe he and Bill Cosby will get along. Um, in, in the afterlife, Bill's not dead yet. 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 Anyway. Um, anyway, so that's oh. a talk about a great topic of fun times. Um, <laughs> stupid Michael Jack. Dumbass 80s. Uh, they, why are they bringing 80s clothes back? I know. Explain to me why we brought high waisted jeans back for, for people. I don't understand. I don't understand fashion. I saw a, so we were watching some, what were we watching? Anita and I were watching something the other day. Anita is my wife. Um, we were watching something the other day. And the man had high-waisted jeans also on. And I was like, was that really a thing? I was like, I don't seem to remember that as well. <laughs> but the man and woman both walked up and they both had like high wa- super high-waisted pants on. And I was... His sack was decidedly <laughs> Randy Quaidish, and I was oh, a shit. little uncomfortable oh, with the amount of are screen you, time that it was receiving. Are you serious, Clark? Are you serious, Clark? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, I, that's unfortunate. It, uh, so, good times. So, I don't understand why is it. Why are they back? I don't understand. I don't know, man. Is it, I mean, now, if, if, if you just had a whole slew of women just tell me, they are super comfortable, I would say, oh, okay. Well, I mean, I mean, if that's it, but... Maybe they are. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. The whole mom jean thing is back right now, and I don't understand it. Not everybody's doing it, but I think at morning time, probably no time in history has been as eclectic as you can wear just about anything today. I like to wear yoga pants. (laughs) They're comfortable. (laughs) When I'm doing yoga, sure. (laughs) I don't like wearing yoga pants when I'm doing yoga. Mm, Yeah. I like nude yoga, preferably. No, I'm just kidding. Hot nude yoga. Hot. Oh I'm God! <laughs> it's like it's called taint yoga. It's like, like my sweaty taint is I would, stretching. I would. Oh uh, no! I don't want to do any part of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's nothing that sounds pleasant in any. Holy shit, goats! No word in that sentence sounds like something I'd like to repeat or see having happen. Also, I'm trying to figure out the whole. Here's my because I've done just some yoga in the past. I had a, I was part of a yoga class for a little while, and I I really enjoyed doing yoga. It's fine. Here's my issue with yoga. I'm sorry, hot yoga. Here's my problem is. First off, I'm not a dainty flower doing yoga. I'm a six foot two, more weight than I need to have on my frame guy, um, doing yoga. So the fact that I'm even able to hold a pose for any amount of time is amazing. But five minutes into that shit, I am sweating buckets. And so the first time I go to like do this pose, I look like I look like an eight-year-old in a slip and slide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking sliding around on that mat. And I had to go like buy another mat. And she's like, oh, you need to buy a towel. So I bought a towel and I bought a different mat. I'm like, so I had to figure out how to even stand and do yoga without slipping and hurting myself as an old, you know, as someone my age in my 40s. So Here's what I'm trying to figure out. How the fuck do you do hot yoga? <laughs> yeah. Do you just lay around and get sweaty and like bend yourself in poses and not get off well, your back? You have to wear two Michael Jackson gloves. Two Michael Jackson <laughs> gloves. Sequins for, on all sides. All sides. So for the for the grip. <laughs> Could you just put them like little grippy st- like suction yeah. cups on them for me? Yeah, it's great. What about pool yoga? <laughs> That's called synchronized swimming. <laughs> <laughs> synchronized dancing is great. Synchronized dancing. Pole dancing. Pole dancing? Pole dancing, that's something different. It can be synchronized, too, <clears throat> if you have if, enough people. If they're good. 
All right, so we kind of got off the deep end. We haven't right. really found anything fun to talk about, so maybe we're done. Um, unless you have something fun to talk about, Derek. Man, I'm still I'm still sipping on this thing. I really enjoy it. Yeah. So I have I do have another story though. Oh God! Hey, look at this. I can also talk in the glass and make this fun sound on air. Isn't that great? It's great. Um, I'm gonna hold, I'm gonna take a sip. Mm. I mean, I could finish it for you if you you know if you help. No. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm getting like a. I really enjoy as it goes on. It's got like a buttery, almost like a butterscotchy kind of uh, yeah. caramelly kind of finish on it for me now. It's really good. It, it really is good. I do mm. recommend 46. Yeah, I really do like it. And we didn't, so what we didn't do, you should do a tiny, tiny pour of that other one and see uh, if you can taste the difference between them. It's, your, it's still on your palate, so. Yeah, I'm going to do that. You so, all right, I'll keep you, talking. You tell your story. I'll tell my story. Derek walks over here, so he's going to try one of the private. We have a private, couple, like three or four private selects sitting on the counter, too, to kind of, we were deciding what we are going to do tonight. And uh, he's going to go grab a quick pour of that. So so while Derek does that, I'll, t- I'll tell an always story. Derek may remember. I don't know. <clears throat> so um, I have, again, reminding everyone, I have two boys. Um, they are now old, you know, old teenage, you know, farts, getting everything. And, and uh, you know, we have a good time. A different kind of good time now. We can do whatever. You know, we do fun stuff like hiking and goofing off and playing video games and watching movies and <clears throat> whatever. But so... Uh, they're only two and a half years apart. They're two and a half years apart to the day. Um, so my my older son um, just turned 18 in January. My younger son is almost 16. He'll be 16 here in the summer. So, okay. So when they were uh, younger, I'm trying to think age wise. Um, this was probably four, four and a half, um, three and a half, and two. I think. I think my young. Oh, look at that! The bottle pop on the air. I love it. So. Which one are you cracking real quick, Derek? While I'm telling the story, it's the uh, it's the private select. It's mine. So this is one of the bottles Derek brought over. He has a private select, um, 108 proof. Yes, 108. 108. And it has. What's your stave count on the back of it? Um, it has. Let me. So again, there's five staves you can pick from. So the the, the, the whoever's choosing the bottle gets to pick the there's staves. There's five staves, but the qu- the, in the quantity of quantity of ten, you get ten ten staves, ten staves but you have five that you can choose from. That's right. This has, let me get my old, Don't old man eyes. Um, it's a good bottle. Don't spill it on the couch. Right. It has four seared French QV, uh, one of the Maker's 46 stave, which is the uh, mm-hmm. French oak, um, two roasted French mocha, and three toasted French spice. So, Yummy. Yeah. So, uh, All right. Well, that's good stuff. Well, you're getting your portion squared away. I'll uh, <clears throat> tell a story. So... So I took my boys one Saturday morning. Um, they're, about, they're about that age where, you know, I, you, you got to find things to do <laughs> sometimes as a, as, a, as a young and early parent. Um, my wife needed some time, downtime. She had gone off to do some activity or maybe she'd gone to the church or some, I don't know what she had done. Some other activity for the morning. <clears throat> but two very young, very active boys. We didn't have a very big house. And um, we wanted to go grab just, I think we had made it to almost lunchtime. And I was like, hey, guys, let's run out and go do something fun. <clears throat> so I took him out. I'm sorry, I'm coughing, everyone. Um, I took him out to McDonald's um, because the McDonald's really close to our house had this really nice big play palace, you know, indoor play land area. So it was a great summer activity where you could take your kids. Oh, shit, I know the story. <laughs> it was a great activity. <laughs> Where you could take your kids and have them play. And, um, yeah, so it was fun stuff. So the boys and I sit and we eat some ice cream. Ooh. We hang out. 
feel that heat on it, don't you? Definitely feel the heat on this one. One away, it's a little different. So anyway, so we, I, boys and I sit and eat some ice cream. We, we might have had a small snack. I don't know what else we had. And then uh, make them both go wash their hands because they were eating ice cream. And we go and wash our hands and clean up and get done. And you come back. But they, my older son, again, about four years old at this time. And he is, a, he is still to this day a bundle of energy, even at 18. But he has always been a giant, unbridled bundle of energy. Um, just kind of like a motor run, it's, uh, idling at 6,000 RPM. That's <laughs> kind of my oldest son. So he is so excited. He, about every five minutes while we're eating the ice cream, he'd ask me, can we go play, can we go play, can we go play, can we go play? I'm like, no, because I'm, you know, I'm managing a, a toddler. You know, my youngest is like a toddler still. Just He's about two. <clears throat> he can walk really well. You know, he's fine. But he still, he's kind of in that stage where he's, you know, he's got to be, I got to be watching very carefully. And so we had to finish up eating so I could get, take them both to do stuff. And I want to make sure we all went together out to the play area. And there's some seating. So our McDonald's had some seating in the play area. We we didn't eat in there. We were eating kind of the main restaurant. But there's actually, I don't know, six, eight tables in the at least the McDonald's. This has been a long time ago. This is 12 years ago or something. So maybe 16 years ago. I don't know what it was. 12 years ago. Uh, 13, 14 years ago. Whatever it was. It was a long time ago. So it might be different today. But there was seating area in for eating in the same area as the play zone. So some parents could sit and eat and watch their kids, right? Be You know, be careful and cautious. A lot of you have been to these kind of play zones everywhere. Chick-fil-A's had them. Other restaurants have had them. They've been around since we were all kids. There are a zone there for you to put your shoes into, right? They don't want you to take your shoes up on the slides and run around track dirt or mud or whatever and try to be cleaner and whatever. So we're walking in, <laughs> and my oldest son is so excited. I mean, he is dancing a jig from the moment we leave the bathroom because he can't wait to go play on the play area. And so we walk in, and there's, I don't know, there's four or five families sitting there eating, and we're walking right past them, and I could, my son takes, and he's like, can I go play, can I go play, can I go play? I was like, yes, you can. I was like, yeah, you can. And so I was like, okay, we're here. I'm, I'm watching you. You're good. You can go play. And so I, he gets about three steps in front of me, and I see the wheels. I, from the back of his head, it's almost as if my brain was putting together what's going on in his brain. And I see the wheels starting to churn and turn and burn. And he's dancing a jig so fast, and his, his little brain is firing on about all thousand cylinders he has running right now. And he knows that there's an activity you need to do before you're allowed to go in the play area, which, you know, you got to take your shoes off. And so he's so excited. And you know, like little kids when they get so excited and they're just, they're, they're bubbling and then they're bouncing and they're hopping and they're skipping and they're jumping and they can't think straight. Well, he starts sprinting forward, going toward the play area. He's right in front of all the families that are out there eating their Saturday morning snacks and stuff and watching their kids play. And he runs <laughs> about 10 feet away from the area where you put your shoes. He goes in a full-out fucking panic mode and can't figure out what he's supposed to do. And he, like, he, he kind of just does this spastic move where he touches every part of his whole body at once trying to figure out. <laughs> he, his brain's going, you have to take off something before you can get on the slide. You have to take off something before you get on the slide. And his brain can't remember shoes, apparently, because he reaches and he shucks his pants and his underwear all the way down to his shoes in the middle of the McDonald's in front of all the families with the kids sitting there eating. So he's buck naked, his little tilly tallies wanging around in, the middle in front of all the kids in the playland area. And I'm sprinting behind him going, no, because like I saw it happening. Like my brain had already put together everything that was going on in his brain. I saw his hands spastic. I saw him freak out. And I saw him get in his little panic mode. And I sprinted behind him, and I'm like, no, just your 
choose. But at that point, he's was done. buck naked. And I thought the only way to make him feel better is I just probably should take off my pants. And that's and the that's, last time and, we were invited to and McDonald's. That's, <laughs> and that's when you went to jail. <laughs> Anyways, kidding aside on the last part there, obviously. But I still to this day, <laughs> the vision of oh. my son with his bare ass running toward the slide with his pants and his underwear around his ankles is still one of my favorite moments ever yes. to watch his little four-year-old brain panic and do? freak out. Like, oh God, and his brain said, take off something. And he forgot it was shoes. And it was amazing. Oh, man. Anyway, it's good stuff. So, Oh, I forgot to tell you this. So this happened last night. <clears throat> oh, no. Which is hilarious. So uh, in the same vein of, uh, you know, a little kid story. So we have a we had a birthday party at our house last night. Uh, my wife's family celebrates, you know, group birthdays. So if you've had a birthday like this, you know, whoever has birthdays close together, they just get right. everybody together at one time and celebrate. Um, and so we hosted at our house and, you know, cooked and everything and had everybody over there. And our nephew was over there and he's <laughs> about four. Yeah, he is four because he, I guess he'll go to kindergarten next year. His name's Ian. And we were getting ready to the birthday cake and stuff. And this this little kid just says the craziest shit and just does the craziest shit. And it's he's funny. He's just so funny. And last night he, he came in the kitchen. He said he had some plastic knives that he he picked up these plastic knives. He goes, "I'm going to juggle these knives." <laughs> and somebody's like, "Oh, y'all probably need to get those away from him." I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" I said, "Let's let's let's let this play out." Where's this going? I said, "Let me see what happens here." I said, "Okay, Ian, show me how you juggle these knives." And this little sucker, he just grabs the knives. He looks at me in deadpans and just throws them in the damn floor. <laughs> He just goes, watch this. Blah. Just drops. <laughs> it was the funniest thing ever. He goes, I'm going to juggle these knives again. And he picked them up and he just just, just threw them. Oh, my God. Didn't he try to catch them? It was great. That's it was The great. next job interview after going to, I'm going to say, I can juggle anything you want. <laughs> and then they hand me something. And I just pick it up and I just throw it all up in the air over my shoulder. And then like, <laughs> just let it fall. And I just say, one time, <laughs> juggle it at one time. <laughs> oh, God. If you, if you throw it all up. But you don't catch it. Is that still count as one? I mean, you I, know, like that's one time. I guess. I don't know. I. But it, I wanna, cra- it cracked me up. Man. I was like, I really enjoy. I really do enjoy a good juggler. Yes. <laughs> what are we talking about? I don't know. I, I think I, we're. I, I think the words "juggle" just sounds funny to me. <laughs> I uh, I will say I enjoy someone who is good. I mean, I love watching someone really good at juggling. And they're always like, look at me juggle. And they're like, look at this. Um, I'm oh, going to juggle. Oh, no, no. I'm going to juggle this tennis no, no, ball no. and this 18-pound bag, bag of sand and this baby skull. And I'm like, what the fuck? No, Where did I you saw, find an 18-pound bag of sand? I saw this little Chinese kid juggle Ruby's cubes and solve them while he was juggling. No, no, that. That shit is incredible I, to me. It blew my mind. I'm like, I don't, under, I don't understand what's happening. I have seen a few people over the years do something like that, and I'm always like, I can't. I, my well, son can I solve look, a Rubik's cube, and do I it look well. at people like that. He's, he's and, my sub, and my the, kid's a sub sixty second. The kid, the, all the I kid know was is like I just twelve go, or something. And I'm like, I'm, I look at him and said, Why aren't you curing cancer? Yeah, because if you, I really <laughs> hope you have something better to do in life. Um, I hope you pick something else to do with the rest of your life that is as physically and mentally challenging as the current activity. Right. So that he's like, you know, or maybe he's 45 and he's going, remember that time I chuckled Rubik's cubes? That'll be what it is. It'd yeah, be, yeah, it'll be the same, same idea. So, all right. So well, let's talk about, I want to hear what the notes are on this one. And we'll wrap it up with your uh, private select. Over so there. the private select finishing de- out the makers. Definitely. Uh, it has, it has a similar nose. I mean, the nose is actually really similar to, to 46. 
The mouthfeel is very buttery and rich, but it's very hot. It has hmm. you can definitely tell the difference between the ninety four and the the one hundred eight. It's 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 definitely spicy, but it has. Yeah. I think this one has a lot more caramel. Hmm. Okay, and I think it's because of the mocha staves, and it might be the the reason I picked this one. Is because well, it might have been just the one that, the only one in the store at the at the time. But <clears throat> I noticed that it had the mocha staves, and it, and it, it you can definitely has more caramel to it. Um, it has some of the same cinnamony spice to it too, um, but it's very good. It's very very good. Mm. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, I I really do like. So I did get a bottle. <clears throat> we didn't open it. Um, we didn't. It's open. I've already had it, but we didn't pull for it tonight. Um, I did pick up a couple bottles. I picked up a bottle, and then I liked it enough that I grabbed another bottle because I found another one on the store shelf somewhere. But the it was actually the first time that Makers has done a a limited national release run of anything. Yeah, yeah. So this year they did, I think they only did 500 barrels. Um, they did a Makers 46, I guess you'd call it that, but basically it was it was a private select. So basically it was a barrel strength Makers 46. So they... Uh, it was in like a private select barrel, I mean bottle, you would see, yeah. which is, the bottle's the same, it's got different uh, labeling in front of it, but it's the same bottle shape as you get the Makers 46 in. But they did a version of it that had, um, that came out at barrel barrel strength, I guess. So it came out at like 108 proof. Yep. And it was a limited release run they did last year, and uh, it is also delicious. I was afraid it wouldn't have enough differentiation from the Makers 46. We thought about trying it in comparison, yeah. which... um. You know, we, I, I can we, absolutely, may we may still do it do side that. by side. I would like to do them side by side now that I have yeah. another bottle. I hadn't had a bottle of 46 in a little while for some reason, and so we may do it side by side to kind of just get an idea of it. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, but they only, once we sort of went back and remembered what it exactly was, I was afraid it wouldn't it have enough as, differentiation yeah. to kind of pull out the differences uh, and be, you know, I was afraid it wouldn't stand out enough. But yeah. anyway, that said, I, I'm personally interested to see how the cast strength version of it or yeah. the whatever the higher proof version of it stands up, you know, it, it is, um, you know, it's what twelve, fourteen, you know, per, um, higher proof. So, yeah. one hundred eight versus ninety four. So it'd be interesting to see. So, all right, any closing remarks or stories today, Derek? Oh man, this is good bourbon. Yeah, I like it a lot. Well, hopefully it'll hold. It'll stave off the craziness that is the coronavirus. So, well, so yeah. let's close out and, and wrap up since this is going to be kind of an immortalized episode. Who knows? We may have five. We may be locked in our homes for weeks, and we may have people talking about bourbon a lot. Uh, we'll know. see what happens. Um, but yeah, so this thing, this craziness that is going on. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I have a to question. See. Okay. Why toilet paper being the thing that everybody rushed out and bought? Well, I think because. A large majority of the toilet paper actually comes from Chinese manu- manufacturers, and since China is like closed down right now, the people think they're going to run out. Maybe I I think it's I, mean, I think peop- it's or people are just insane. I think it's just people being panicky, crazy, just panic group, minded horde mode. Yeah, um, you know, panic begets panic, I guess. But I have to question: the disease doesn't make you shit yourself. Nope. And if you're stuck at home and you run out of toilet paper, just take a shower. You have your own bathroom. I mean, that's my, that's what cracks me up. I'm like, it's, now it'd be one thing if you were like, I hope my work does. I like they're not going to let me work from home, and I hope my work doesn't run out of toilet paper. Anyway, right. So who knows what's to, what's to come? I don't. You know, I'm not going to make light of the situation related to the virus, obviously, because 
Um, it is bad and it is tragic and it is a horrible situation that we're all dealing with in some form yeah. or another. And, uh, you know, and as of the 15th of March, right where we are today, uh, um, we're still in the beginning sides and we have no idea what's yet to come. So, yeah. um, so hopefully, and, you know, hope, hopefully pray that everything will turn out well for as many people as we can. Hopefully we get ahead of it as best as we can and make some well, good just, choices. And I guess I'll just say in, in closing is just drink bourbon and wash your hands. Yeah, I guess wash your hands, stay away from people, social distancing people. That's what they're telling us. That's right. Um, anyway, so that said, Makers is uh, Makers. maybe uh, four. Yeah. Makers 46. Makers 46. Higher. I'd say for me probably a six, uh, maybe a seven. Depends on the mood. Depends yeah. on the day. Um, definitely worth the. Definitely worth buying. 46 and, yeah. or, and or private select. Definitely yeah. go get them. Yeah, and if you like the hotter strength, like the barrel level stuff, guys, I will yeah. and, and, uh, and gals. I, rec- um, I recommend you know, them. Non, non-gender specific here, for sure. Um, guys and gals, ladies and gents, mm-hmm. all my peoples out there. Um, yeah, I do think that if you were to pick up a bottle, um, it's worth a try. It, it absolutely is worth a try. It is yeah. a softer sort of the winter wheat um, comes through. That's I guess that's maybe the cereal side that we're kind of getting, this, the, yeah. the wheat and barley. Um, Kind of coming through, and I think that uh, it definitely plays into those cereal nuts that Derek and I were both picking up. And I absolutely mm-hmm. get I'm a lot more caramel and, and vanilla in the Maker's Forty Six than I did in the regular Maker's. Right. So. I'm gonna go home and eat oatmeal now. <laughs> well, that um, yeah. So there it is. So that's Maker's right. and guys. Makers. Uh, thanks, thanks Thank everybody you. for listening. We appreciate it. And uh, it's been two this, pours. Uh, this is two pours. Peace. Have a good night. All right. All right. <clears throat> Don't put my pants down. That's a wrap. Put your pants back on, Brad. Put your pants on.